Let's Welcome to Crump on Cyber. Uh, for tonight's episode, we are going to focus on cybersecurity careers. I've had a, a long, long career myself. Um, and, uh, you know, I totally, uh, you know, I started my career out in the Air Force. And so my pathway was, um, you know, a little bit more laid out, right? And we formalized and, you know, went to a, a boot camp and, Eventually ended up going into a technology field and then, um, yeah, the military paid for all of that. And certainly that's one of the great benefits of, you know, folks that join the military. There's amazing, amazing um, training that is delivered and um, and then you immediately move into the career field. Right. So by the time you come out of the military, not only you know, do you have some amazing training, but you oftentimes have a, you know, a, a long list of certifications that are associated with that. Now, back in the day, <clears throat> um, we didn't have certifications quite as extensive as we do now. 
So think that part of it was a little bit different. Um, but uh, obviously the, that, that pathway is available, but it's not for everybody, right? So we understand that uh, kind of a thing. And so we'll, we'll talk about that. We're going to have some a couple of guests planned for tonight. Uh, so we'll, we'll, can, uh, we'll take a peek at that and, and see what we've got. So we're going to start off talking about the ups and downs that the cybersecurity field is encountering and the cybersecurity industry as a whole is encountering. And then we'll get into, yeah, the opportunity side of the house. And we'll have Freddie Cook on here, who is a 20-year uh, cybersecurity veteran. He's been doing some uh, amazing work out there. And so he's going to share his thoughts. And he, he also has a nonprofit that's focused in this field as well, as well around getting folks uh, into the cybersecurity field. And we're also going to have Tim Catlin on the call. And Tim is actually, for those of you that are trying to get into the field, well, here's your one. He's one of your peers. He's uh, somebody that's been doing uh, some, you know, education and his own tra training. And uh, he's had some experiences recently. And I think what he's going to share with you is going to be valuable if you are someone that is trying to break into this field. So we'll use his sage advice, even as, uh, you know, somebody that's relatively new, he's already, right, learned some very, very valuable kind of lessons. And so we'll, we'll learn more about that as we kind of work our way through the, uh, through the show. So the ups and downs uh, aspects. So since the beginning of 2022, there have been about 175,000 workers that have lost their jobs working with cybersecurity or working for cybersecurity companies, right? Spans all the way back uh, to the beginning of uh, 2022 and Sophos, a large company, they laid off 10% of their workforce of 400 PP, uh, 450 people. Uh, Jumio, 100 people. Uh, Lacework, 20% of their workforce, 300 people. One Trust, one thousand people laid off. IronNet, uh, which is a company, a cybersecurity company that was founded by former NSA director Keith Alexander. That company went through a couple of rounds of layoffs, 17% of their workforce and then another 35%. CyberReason, 27% of their workforce cut, 300 people there. Aquasec, 10% of their workforce Malware bytes, 14%, 125 people. SNCC, value, valued at $7.4 billion, lost 14% or 198 people from their workforce in the field. Forescout, 100 and of 170 employees that they had. In 2023, already we've had Rapid7 that's lost 18% or 400 people have lost their jobs. SecureWorks, 15% or 300 people. HackerOne, 12%, 40 people. Dragos, 9% or 50 people. And we've got uh, Tempe Base just down the road here in Arizona. Bishop Fox that lost 13% or 50% of their workforce. So that's the industry itself, you know, getting the daylights beat out of it. Now there's a lot of companies that are out there, you know, making layoffs because of the 
you know, the ups and downs of the economy. And, you know, it seems like we're certainly on, uh, on, on the downside for some sides of things. Um, so that's one part of it, you know, the cybersecurity industry. Now, how many of those, you know, thousands of people we just, you know, just kind of rattled off there were actually cybersecurity professionals? Well, that's to be seen, but they are certainly working in the cybersecurity industry. Now, really kind of in contrast to that, right, the, that was kind of the, <laughs> the, the downside of things. <clears throat> Uh, the contrast is, is that cybersecurity related job growth is expected to be around 35% between 2021 and 2031. Okay, so that's a very short window of time. 10 years, right? 35% growth. That's a mass amount of growth. Right now, they're at, they estimate about 3.5 million open cyber jobs on a worldwide basis. Now here in the United States, that number is closer to 770,000 with an overall really kind of U.S. cybersecurity workforce of about 1.1 million. Okay, so that that's, that's, so we've got a lot of open jobs relative, right? It's almost, uh, you know, half the people that we need are actually employed in the field. And that is problematic, obviously. So we need to, we need to make some changes, right? Some, some things have got to, you know, be switched up here because how are we going to get all of these folks uh, into these jobs, especially when we have, you know, and, and, you know, some indications, a, a declining workforce, right? We have a lot of young folks that are out that are really trying to get into the field, okay? Um, and we're making strides on the diversity side. You know, we've got about 25% of the cybersecurity workforce uh, are women themselves. And so that's great, right? We're making some progress on that front. Um, and you know, they're seeing really some changing trends out there in the university programs where they're beginning to see about a 50, 50 mix with men and women coming to the cybersecurity program. But, uh, as stated there, you know, things are going to have to change. And so these large corporations are, are, you know, uh, doing some things to kind of get us down that road. Microsoft, who we talked about yesterday and, and some of the ills that they're kind of going through with regard to their cybersecurity uh, environment there. Uh, well, they're, they are prioritizing hiring uh, more women within their program. And they recently partnered with uh, some community colleges to train about 250,000 people by 2025. So that is, you know, fantastic, right? And then we have a large uh, nonprofit, ISC Squared. They're a very, very popular in this uh, cybersecurity space. They've recently launched a free online program called Certified in Cybersecurity that is designed to help entry-level uh, cybersecurity candidates, you know, learn the basics. They cover things like security principles, business continuity, disaster recovery, incident response, and security operations, or security operations center, SOC kind of thing, uh, things. And they've had 110,000 people or candidates in that program in just the first three months. Now, that's an online program, and online programs don't work for everybody. So 
We're going to bring on the line here. We've got Freddie Cook teed up, um, and I'm going to add him to our call, and we'll talk to uh, Freddie about uh, about his program and and what he's uh, he's got teed up and his thoughts around this whole cybersecurity and and how are we going to fill these uh, <clears throat> 770,000 open positions? What do you think, Freddie? What, what's what's happening out there and Maybe do a quick introduction for yourself and uh, tell us a bit about the your cyber reason, or I'm sorry, not cyber reason, your cyber pathways uh, organization, and just uh, share. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm Freddie Cook. Uh, been in cybersecurity for some years. Uh, spent uh, time at the federal government and uh, at the Defense Information Systems Agency. I uh, was there for 12 years doing uh, various types of cybersecurity. And uh, I left the federal government back in 2019, and, and now I'm, I'm on the other side of everything. But what I noticed was that there were a lot of lessons that I learned. And I saw people going through a lot of the similar steps that I had taken to get into cybersecurity. And I realized that there's easier ways and less intimidating ways. And so as just part of the evolution of cybersecurity, uh, I set up uh, myself and three of my partners set up Cyber Pathways as a way to train uh, the youth in uh, cybersecurity. Uh, we're, we're starting out in Compton, California. I, I live in Los Angeles, so it's only about 20 minutes away from me. And working with kids to help them get certified. We're uh, partnered with ISC Squared and CompTIA, as well as CrowdStrike and August Shell. And so that's basically what we're doing. Yeah, that's uh, commendable. So your your target audience for students and uh, for the program itself are... Uh, just pretty much anybody that's hey, hey is 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 showing some interest in in the career field. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah were so we talking earlier, <laughs> right? Yeah, we we have a lot of uh, interest from students, and I've actually gotten a lot of interest as well from adults who would like to to break into the field. One of the things that's that's important to me is that um, IT and cybersecurity really does not require college. And I, I am of the opinion that if you're going into those fields, you're actually better off not going to college, that you're better off going through a, a, a course that'll teach you the basics, getting an entry level position and using that four years you would be in college to actually gain experience, get a network and get an understanding of, of where you want to be within those fields because cybersecurity, one of the things that people don't understand is that cybersecurity is extremely broad. You know, that you have the, the uber technical pieces where you get down into malware analysis and a lot of other things, but then you've got the far less technical where you're going through um, insider threat investigations and uh, supply chain risk management and policy and, and planning. So there's a, there's a broad range of things that you can get into. But one of the problems that I've seen is some of these colleges are pushing people towards a totally technical route 
and not really helping them to understand the length and breadth of this full career field. And so um, we, we jumped in to try to help these, these kids as well as adults to understand that, yes, there is a path for you in cybersecurity. Yeah. Do you, th- do you think because, you know, when people think about cybersecurity, they do tend to kind of think, oh, my goodness, this is, you know, I'm, I'm not that technical. And so then they just kind of stop. They don't they don't continue. They don't pursue the path, you know, just because they you know, feel like, well, I didn't just maybe I didn't do so great in or math or, you know, I, you know, or engineering or something like that. Yeah, there, there's a lot of that, you know, and just a, a, a quick story. When when my daughter uh, went to college, she wanted to be a computer science major. She started off in computer science and her first year at that school, they wanted her to do coding. And I got so angry. I called the professor and I'm like, what are you doing? You're, you're ruining these kids by helping them to think that if you either don't like coding or don't get coding, that you don't belong in technology. And it's, it's unfortunate because maybe 1% of people in IT are actual coders. And so now you, you, you're basically discriminated against a whole range of people who can really help in the IT field because you want them to be coders. And that's fine if that's if that if that's the path you want to take is coding, but far more people are not going to want to go that route, but still have an interest in technology. And I've seen a lot of the same things in cybersecurity where people hammer them with technology and and don't explain to them that the essence of cybersecurity is curiosity. It's it's not it's not being uber technical. It's scrutinizing. It's scrutinizing the logs, scrutinizing what you've been told, what you understand about what has happened, and trying to figure out the best route. And sometimes yeah. that is just not technical. Yeah, it's a, maybe more of a criti- just a critical thinking kind of a mindset, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so what approach you know you would you suggest? I mean, how do we how do we you know, kind of fix that. What's what's the the pathway, the cyber pathway uh, <laughs> of, approach? We should say. <laughs> well, you know, and, and I I also do you know, um, uh, I also do work with some colleges. Like I'm I'm on a board of advisors at Long Beach College to try to make sure that the curriculum is actually helping people to get into the field. Um, a, a lot of the 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 colleges they have you on this humongous research path Mm. that really doesn't doesn't get you anywhere what we're doing is um because the fact that we understand in the field you have to have some of the basic um certifications as opposed to degrees and so you know security plus is is one of them where we kind of figure that's kind of the the bare minimum that the industry requires in order to get into the field So we're working through uh, with CompTIA uh, through their security plus uh, path, as well as through um, EC Council, their um, CCT, their Certified Cybersecurity Technician. So that we can kind of get them to a point where they can go out and find a job. 
And I'm also, you know, yelling and screaming at a lot of these companies and saying, you got to give these people a chance because cybersecurity is the one field where you can really step in without loads of experience and really make a difference. Yeah. So, so how, so maybe expand on that. Uh, the employers, is it, you know, are they opening the, opening the door wide open and welcoming all these, uh, uh, new candidates and, uh, you know, uh, being willing to, to work on that and, and bring them into well the program. They, they're, they're kind of being brought into the, uh, into the future, kicking and screaming a few of them. Some of them are more willing. I, I have to admit there are, a few companies that I've worked with that are that are really open to it, but a lot of them, they 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 want to say that they're reaching out to the community and all of these types of things. And what I'm trying to help them to do is actually do that. You know, um, I don't want them to just go around and hiring people. You know, explain right. to me what you're looking for, what types of positions that you're looking for, so that I can make sure that I'm matching you with the right person. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, talking about the right person, uh, we've got, uh, Tim Catlin who we're going to add here and Tim, welcome to Crump on Thank Cyber. And yeah, I, I think you probably have been listening to some of the stuff Freddie's been saying and some of it might uh, feel a little familiar. So maybe just uh, a, a little bit of background about yourself and what your journey is and what you're trying to do here when it comes to cybersecurity and as a career field. Yeah, absolutely. So pretty much I went to college and I got a bachelor's degree in health and I worked PT and personal training and mental health for a little while but i didn't really love it but i've always been really big into technology and i saw some stuff online about cybersecurity as a career field and so i decided to just go all in and dedicate a majority of my what little free time i had working a full-time job to figuring out how to get into the field and it's been difficult to get started because i didn't know anyone in the tech industry so I had to reach out to a lot of people and put myself out there, but I feel like I met some cool people and that's kind of where I'm at now. Yeah. So maybe ex ex expand on, on, on how you and I got connected and, and where you were at and, you know, how that kind of played out for you. Yeah. So I saw your profile whenever I was, searching through LinkedIn to try and find somebody to potentially give me some like mentorship or some advice on how to get started in the field. Cause like you guys talked about previously, there's so many different pathways. There's so many different things you can do. There's a plethora of information and resources out there. It's kind of overwhelming to get started. And you kind of gave me a lot of good advice on how to get started. One of the things that really helped land my first sort of position was putting information out there on LinkedIn and making solid connections with people in the industry because how I landed that first position more or less was it was someone I knew prior that knew I was a hard worker that I could figure things out really quickly that didn't know I was doing cybersecurity and they were like oh my goodness since you were posting all of this stuff on there I found out this is what you were doing now we'd like to figure out a way to offer you a position. So that was huge. Just putting yourself out there, trying to find 
people on LinkedIn or other resources to give you advice. And another thing to keep in mind for anyone getting started is Jeffrey was one of the few people that actually messaged me back. You're going to strike out a lot and that's okay. Keep mm -hmm. putting yourself out there and you'll find some really good people to help you out. Yeah. I'm a, you know, um, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, I, I use this, you know, phrase all the time. You guys have heard it before, and I, I, but I use it in training all the time, you know, rising tide lifts all ships. Right. So we've got issues, right. Uh, folks like Freddie and I that have been in the, in the career for a long time, you know, we, we, we do have a bit of a responsibility to help that next generation, you know, get things going. Right. So, uh, you know, everybody's got a little bit of time to share. It didn't take much. Right. And, yeah, what, you know, uh, exactly what I told, you know, Tim was, hey, look, the, you know, it, it, today's world is all about this social stuff, right? I mean, it's not my forte. Uh, I mean, I enjoy, you know, I certainly enjoy this kind of a thing. Um, but, you know, all the uh, other platforms, yeah, it's, it's just not a world that I spend a lot of time in. But I, but it, it it's obviously a, a, a critical component of our uh, society today. And, uh, you know, I told Tim, I was like, look, hey, they're, you know, companies are struggling to find people that, you know, that are willing and are motivated to work, right? We got enough, you know, I'm going to say kids, but enough people out there that, yeah, you just, you, you can't get them to, you know, to, to really kind of do much. And so, you know, and Freddie and I were talking about this earlier about, Hey, these companies out there that have all these open positions, right? 770,000 open positions in the United States alone. If, if you have somebody, right? I would say anybody that's applying to you, there, there, there's at least showing some degree of motivation, right? Yes. They, they want to work. That in and of itself is a differentiator in today's society because there are so many that don't, or they don't want to get into this field. So if you have, you know, a subset of the population that is saying, Hey, I want to work with you. They're, they're already motivated to work and, you know, they, you know, and, and, and they want to be in the field that you're kind of, and with all of these openings, it's like, you know, come on. Right. But we see some of these things and I, you know, maybe you can talk about this, Tim, Freddie, but, um, uh, this some of this is just unrealistic expectations, right? That and and you probably have seen this, Tim, where it's like an entry level position, but you've got a master's degree and ten years of experience, right? And you yeah. on the, on the weekends you can you know you you fly for you know uh, SpaceX to you know to the moon and back, right? And it's <laughs> so you, have you encountered you encountered those kinds of things, Tim, as part of your journey? And yeah. Today, I was actually spent a fair amount of time looking for a different position in cybersecurity. I'm looking for a new job, and I came across the entry-level position on LinkedIn, and I was like, okay, I'll click on that and see what the requirements are. And one of the requirements was 10-plus years experience. And I was like, that doesn't even make sense. Why would you put it on there? Yeah, what do you, what do you think about that, Freddie? Is that, is that, is that entry-level these days? <laughs> Unfortunately, that's that's absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. But but I, I just real quick, Tim, I've got to applaud you because you wanted to get into the field and you reached out for mentors to get into the field. I I I feel ashamed for people like myself who are on the 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 more senior end 
that we're not reaching out more to to help folks get into it. This is a field that that is a, a critical need in this country. I, I think a lot of people don't actually understand how much uh, in the U.S. we're under attack, you know, from from actors, from um, state actors, as 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 well as as well as these these groups. And what what they don't what a lot of people don't understand is that when when one of these groups, when one of these actors is able to steal intellectual property from a U.S. company, they're actually stealing taxpayer dollars because a lot of those technologies were developed um, with the federal government. And so people don't understand that actual link to it. And this is why this is so critical. But back to your point, it's it's absolutely ridiculous that they're asking for the, and I've seen it as well. I've seen it as well, these entry level positions and they want you to have senior level experience and there's no value in that. That's not helpful. Yeah. So, you know? so, so what, so what, what would we consider a, an entry level position? How much experience do we, do we think it would, uh, you know, be, uh, you know, what do we put in that zero, you know, that, that field, what do you think? What it, zero to two, zero to three? I mean, you is know, zero I, I, in there? Can we can we deal with zero? Can we have zero? I, yeah, I, I think I think zero is the way to go. I, I think that it's it's uh, it's fair to require a base level certification that shows that that you've done a little bit of research and have a have a basic understanding of, of what you're getting yourself into. I, I don't think that's unreasonable, but I, I think that um, you, 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 have to, you have to help people along some way. You know, yeah. and this is one of the things that we were talking about earlier. Okay, zero to 10 years experience in cybersecurity. What, what technology 10 years ago is relevant right. today? Excellent point, right? Who cares yeah. if you've got 10 years experience? Because the stuff that you learned 10 years ago, nobody's doing. You yeah. know, the, the yeah. threats have moved on. And in <laughs> right. fact, if you've got experience that's more than about 10 minutes long, you know, you you uh, you may be uh, outdated, you know. Yeah. And so that's where that's where companies really need to start looking at the person and the level of curiosity and and grit that that person has. Because between those things, between curiosity and grit, that's really all you need in cybersecurity. Forget all of that 10 or 15 years experience with a master's degree and, and, and your master's degree is in cybersecurity history. You yeah. know, who cares? Right. That's not going to help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it, it's an excellent point because, you know, some of the things I told, you know, Tim was look, just start posting regularly posting daily updates, right? The, Oh, I'm working on this. It doesn't matter if it's cybersecurity related. That was the only thing, right? So post out there. Oh, I did this. Oh, I'm messing around with that. I'm doing this. I'm doing that because it just shows that you, you are invested and to your point, yes. Freddie, it's like, okay, well I, I can have zero, uh, you know, zero years of experience. That is fine. But you have to then, if you come in with zero, you have to show a little bit of motivation and dedication. Mm -hmm. And how you can do that is do what Tim did, right? Just put yeah. stuff out there saying, look, hey, I, 
I downloaded this open source thing and I did this thing. And so maybe Tim, you, maybe you can kind of share what, you know, some of those things that you posted and how long did it take after you, you know, you started posting before you got that, that call from uh, your friend or your, you know, colleague. Yeah. So it took about three, three to three and a half weeks before I got that initial call of, posting pretty regularly and I would basically just put updates of things I was working on, labs that I was completing, certifications that I was training for, and how I thought that would value me in the long run. And got a and little so, bit of interaction, but not a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's and that's kind of the game, right? It's because it's almost like a you know, it's kind of almost like a marketing vehicle, right? And so that they you know, what, what are they saying? Marketing. Somebody's got to see an ad, what, three to five times before they take action. Right. And on these social media platforms, you have no idea, you know, where they're serving up this stuff and where it's being seen. And so, you know, the, you know, you just have to stay on it, on it, on it. So uh, maybe you can elaborate on, you know, what are, what are those, some of those things that you had been digging into and, you know, some of the search or you were pursuing and, maybe just kind of expand on some of that stuff you've been doing. Yeah. So what I started out with was some free training for different CompTIA certifications. I started out with, well, actually I started out with the ISC square that you mentioned earlier. I was one of those first early people to get in on that. And then I completed that. And then I did the Google IT certification, which was very similar to the CompTIA A+. Once I completed that, I studied for the Network Plus. I did Professor Messer's videos on YouTube that are free, and I went through all of them. It took me forever. I didn't really intend on taking the CompTIA Network Plus because a lot of people told me it wasn't necessarily necessary to get a cybersecurity position, but I wanted to have a strong understanding of networking, especially coming from a background that wasn't necessarily tech-related. And then from there, I transitioned to the CompTIA Security Plus and kind of supplemented that with a website called tryhackme.com and i paid 90 dollars for a year subscription and it has a plethora of online labs you can do some blue team some red team some purple team so i learned all kinds of different defensive postures from that and how to do like nmap nesis and then i even learned like burp suite and how to ssh into remote devices and different hacking tools because for me personally if i could understand how they were getting in and how hackers thought and different tools that were out there then what i wanted to do which was more blue team defense stuff would be easier for me and so freddie you heard that laundry list of things isn't is that not good enough for these that, that's absolutely qualified <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 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 absolutely qualified you know and um just to let you know that the White House put out a press briefing recently uh, about helping to get more and more young people into cybersecurity. And, 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 and I know a lot of those press briefings are just, you know, just so they say, hey, look at what we're doing. Um, but what I did was I looked at the companies and the, the federal agencies that signed on to that briefing. And I started making calls because I, I know people in a lot of those companies. And I said, where, where are the jobs? You know, I can help you fill those jobs. I mean, I, I, I just, I, I know people, I've, I've had so many people that I'm trying to help as well. 
who who are just looking for a way in. And to be honest with you, once you get in, you know, you you will quickly, especially with the curiosity you've already shown, you're you're gonna fly past some people. And that's another thing that people are uh, a little bit worried about is is some some young guy coming in with with all of this talent and all of this curiosity and, and going past people, you know. And so sometimes sometimes these these um, artificial gates are put in for, for for that reason alone. You know, I had to go to college and so do you. I had to do all this experience and so do you. But but if you look at it in terms of actually doing the job, none of that is really necessary. You know, what, what you're doing right now qualifies you for a whole lot better than you've been getting. And, and it's 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 really shame on us as a community for not putting our arms around you. Yeah, I think about that 770,000. There's, you know, we should have, you know, 70,000 emails in our inbox tomorrow saying, yes. yeah, we'd lo we'd love to have, you know, Tim join the team, right? Because yes. you know, we're struggling to find, yeah, we got all these openings and yet here you've got, you know, somebody that literally, I mean, that is a lot of stuff, Tim. So, yeah, absolutely, you know, uh, you know, kudos to you for the investment you're making. And so, you know, we, we would certainly hope that the industry will, you know, kind of write itself and, uh, you know, get you into the fold for sure. Because as Freddie said, you'll somebody with motivated and obviously now knowledgeable, right. right. Um, yeah, you, 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 you do fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. <clears throat> so, uh, so Freddie, how how do we, you know, because we're, you know, seasoned professionals, we're maybe a little bit closer to uh, the senior leadership in these companies. Um, how do we, how do we influence that change? How do we change the culture of how they're viewing, you know, entry level positions and professionals? Uh, these are our peers that are leading these programs. How do we change their mind? Well, I, I, I think that the process is starting to happen. It's a it's a slow process. But when you get people like Tim who come into these positions and just skyrocket, you know, it really it really helps it to make sense. And I think that's what we need is more and more opportunities so that that people who aren't who, who aren't from the field can just jump in. And 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 give them give them the chance to show what they have. Once we're able to do that, and unfortunately, it, it hasn't been moving as fast as we'd like. But I've been talking to a lot of companies, you know, for Cyber Pathways because what I don't want to do is train a whole bunch of people and then they they can't find jobs. And, right. And and there's there's just there, there's too much out there. And, you know, when you're looking at entry level, you're really not paying a whole lot of money. You can take a chance on someone. And with these companies, if you come in entry level, you won't stay there long. You know, once once you show what you can do and, you know, us older guys who who've kind of lost some of our curiosity over the years, you're just going to buzz right past us. And that's what's going to help the industry understand that we need. We need these young people. 
Yeah. And then Tim, maybe from your perspective, what, you know, what recommendations based upon your experience could employers be doing better when they have somebody that, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on the hook. Right. Uh I, I, and I submitted an application. Right. Well, see, a, a lot of the problems, you got to understand the pipeline, first off. When when you submit an application or a resume, a CV to a company, it's not going to a hiring manager. It's not going to an experienced person. More often than not, it's it's going through either, you know, a recruiter or someone in human resources. Now, what ends up having to happen is the hiring manager has to do a better job helping the recruiter understand what they're looking for. And so what happens is, is that a recruiter looks at your resume and sees that you don't have a whole lot of experience. They don't understand that, hey, this person may have some curiosity that, that we might like. It takes the hiring manager talking to human resources and to the recruiters and saying, this is what we're looking for. And fashioning your position descriptions in order to find those because the recruiter is looking based on the position description. If you don't fit that position description, then they're really, there's nothing they can do. They, they can't, they can't forward you. And yeah. so it, you have to take the time to look through those PDs and fashion them for what you're actually looking for. And that will help the recruiters actually find these people. Yeah. Yeah, Tim, what, what about your experience? Anything uh, to share about your thoughts about how how employers can maybe do some things better based upon what you've had to go through? Yeah, um, I agree with what you were saying 100%. And I also think uh, it feels like some employers just copy-paste and regurgitate old yes. job listings that they have instead of updating them. So yeah, instead do. of they just change the title to entry level stock analyst and leave everything else the same. So then people get in there and they're like, five years experience, what are you talking about? And then they just get thrown in the trash. So definitely, I think that if people would go out on a limb and hire some of these people, they're fired up to get into the industry, whether they have a ton of experience or not. I mean, most of the time, the company is going to have to train you regardless on exactly their process on the stuff they use. They're going to have to do training no matter what. So somebody with fresh knowledge, fresh certifications, who's fired up and ready to get in there, they might climb through that training process faster and you might. Yeah, Tim's having a little bit of uh, tech issues. Yeah. He's been buffering a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, we've we've done surveys and we we know that, hey, yeah, we we want you to have, you know, some some knowledge coming in here. Uh, but in you know, what's, what's really important is, well, who is this person, this individual, right. right? Because, you know, we got, you know, we got, you know, some companies with, you know, hundreds of thousands of employees, right? And mm -hmm. it's not every, everybody's not sitting in a room with a hundred thousand, right? It's obviously broken down into an hierarchy and, you know, you've got it down to, you know, each individual, whatever management layer, they've got somewhere between, you know, three and 12 people reporting to them. So it's really just this huge ecosystem of 
team, 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 right? And, and, and all of those team together aggregate up to layers and you get all the way up to the, you know, the executive layer. So we've got individuals that are coming into a relatively small environment, right? It's, it, it, it's a team of three to 12 people. We all have to kind of get along on this kind of a team. And so there's so much personality that comes into play uh, as part of this as well. And so having, you know, kind of going back to this motivated individual and, you know, their, their aspirations are being, you know, cut off at the past because they've got these application tracking systems and these automated systems that are going, well, <clears throat> you know, you didn't have exactly, you know, right. this particular checkbox. Right. And but it, it it doesn't read through this, you know, the the content. It doesn't discern that, wow, this the individual has, you know, done this thing and this thing and this thing and this thing. And they are highly motivated to do the job. Right. It, it that those systems, they, they get there is no clue. Right. You can't right. you can't technology your way out of that kind of, you know, that personal feel. And it's so incredibly important. Um, yeah, you, you, you really can't. And, and it really, it's, it's not even, and, and I, I said about the hiring manager, but it really goes beyond the hiring manager because when, when a, when a position becomes available, uh, a, a lot of times it's through attrition. And so if that, if that position required a degree before, they can't just have that same position, but take away the degree requirement because then you can face problems from your existing employees saying, hey, now I don't have to have it. And so what it takes is, is a top-down approach from executive all the way down saying, we have to, we have to do a wholesale uh, redo on how we hire because, because how we hire right now is not working. And we're not getting the candidates that we need. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Tim, do you, any experiences in, as part of your, well, uh, any idea how many places you've applied to? Any, any, how many times? If I had to ballpark it, I would say 80 to 90. Wow. And, and how many have you heard back from? One. That is that that is just so. And were all of, were any of these remote positions? Uh, I would say fifty-five to sixty percent were remote. And uh, and all flagged as entry-level positions, cybersecurity, and that's right. Yeah, that. Um, yeah, do you get a sense of how many people? I don't know. You know, obviously, some platforms kind of tell you how many applicants are on, you know, for that position, any idea what the competition is looking like on uh, some of those uh, positions? Yeah. I've kind of gone away from LinkedIn because a lot of those entry level positions I'm seeing anywhere from 200 to 2000 applicants. Wow. And wow. usually the ones that are higher paying have several hundred, like, one the other day was like $60 an hour and had like 1,500 applicants. But I don't need to make a ton of money. I just need something, you know. I'll take right. anything. Yeah, it, went, it, it'll come. <laughs> I'm hoping so. I went to a couple of uh, 
brick and mortar places because if I can, I would rather talk face to face with a person than have someone I don't know or doesn't see me or some robot figure out if my application is good enough. And I basically went in and was like, do you guys have any opportunities? Like I'll shadow and get you guys coffee for two weeks if that's what it takes, whatever I need to do. So hopefully something falls through one of these days. Mm. Wow. That is, uh, it, it, it's shocking, right? Do we have folks like yourself, uh, out there that, uh, are unable to, uh, get into these, uh, roles? Uh, yeah. If for, for those that are interested in, yeah, the, the money can be good, right? Where they say the, yes. I think the, the entry level roles for cybersecurity, somewhere between 50 and 80,000, just kind of depending on where you're at, that's an entry level position, right? So yes. that's, that's not bad money. I mean, depending on where you live, it's going to feel, you know, a little, a, 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 you know, a bit more in some places a bit less. Um, but uh, I think the median income is, you know, somewhere around, you know, hundred K uh, but it won't, I mean, I, I can tell you in some of these uh, jobs that I had, I mean, people are coming in entry level, even above those numbers, right. The median pay a hundred thousand. I mean, I know some, some folks that used to work in an MSSP that I uh, used to work for that were just really were entry level and they were, you know, knocking up against 90 K. Right. So the, the money is there. Right. And, um, and it is, you know, it was Freddie was talking about this. It's a very interesting, very diverse uh, uh, field. There's, there's room for everybody in this. Yes, thing, right. Is. So uh, whether you're a writer, right. So, you, you know, some of the, the things that we're kind of going through, uh, on the defense side of the house, a huge demand for people get, that can write well. Okay, yes. Uh, yes. You, know, you, you know you need to be able Bring to me some go English out. majors. Yes, <laughs> please, 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 right all the way up to yeah. You need you do need some uber technical people, but you know what? You still need a little bit of time under your belt to you know, really kind of understand and appreciate that. So, you know, folks that are thinking, oh, I'm going to go off and I'm going to get this, you know, this certification around, you know, pen testing or a certified ethical hacker or, you know, this kind of stuff. It's like, oh, you know, mm, you know, there's likely going to be greater demand and, and greater opportunity to get you in the door through something like maybe governance risk and compliance, maybe something in a security operations center, security analyst, right? Because you do, right? You kind of get in, you get exposed to a variety of things, you know, even stuff Tim was talking about, the red side, the, you know, the blue side of, of the house, who are the attackers, who are the defenders? You get a nice little sense of that, right? And, and, and so it's just a great way to kind of break into the field. So Tim, are, are those, what kind of roles are you looking for? Um, cybersecurity analyst roles are what I'm mostly looking for. I've applied to some GRC because I did take a GRC course. So I feel like that's also something that I could do. Um, some that are just titled under cybersecurity specialists are entry level. So I've applied to a bunch of those but definitely more of the like cybersecurity analyst, stock analyst is kind of what I'm hoping for. That sounds spot on to me, Freddie, right? Would you agree yeah, that, that and, it, and, those are areas? Or? Yeah, and, and one of the problems is is the way, the way we title these job listings is just 
is just absolutely ridiculous because saying cybersecurity analyst, that could mean 50 different things. <laughs> it, it really mm -hmm. does. I, I think we, sure. we have to do a better job with our terminology because just saying cybersecurity analyst. Now, SOC analyst, you can kind of get an understanding as to what you're going to be doing. But cybersecurity mm -hmm. analyst? Yeah. What am I that, analyzing? That could be, that could <laughs> what be, is the analysis? <laughs> uh, th that could be on the supply chain risk side. That could be on the insider threat side. That could be on the policy and planning side. That could be on the SOC side. That could be in about 50 different ways. And so, so by saying that, you really haven't told the, the applicant what you're looking for. So I, I, I think that's just a poor way of doing it. Yeah. Yeah. We, we need to be, you know, uh, it, it, well, and it's to what, you know, Tim was talking about where it just feels like people are being a little lazy when it comes to these yes. job descriptions, right? Copy, paste, copy, paste, copy, paste. When, you know, if you really kind of sat down and thought, thought about it, it's like, you know, they could be a bit more specific about, cause they know, right. They, they, they know what they're kind of looking for. It's just, right. Hey, just uh, get those words on paper. Right. And right. uh, stop kind of beating around the bush because, you know, and, and it, it, to your point, because it, if you're just using it as some general term, right? well, you're going to have folks that have got, you know, threat intelligence background, they've got GRC background, they've got maybe security anal analyst background, or they that these are the paths they want to take. And so now you're being inundated, right? by candidates and then and then they end up right the hiring managers of this mindset that i can't get any good candidates well right. the reason is that garbage in garbage out you put garbage in with your job description so don't be surprised when you get poor results on those applicants yes. right you got to sharpen the pencil a little bit right here everybody yeah. has time for this right it's it's part of your job so, yes. you know, you just got to put time on your calendar, you know, spend 15 minutes on a job description and fine tune it. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, don't forget about this personal stuff and these motivations and Hey, you find somebody that want to, wants to work for you these days, that in and of itself might just be <laughs> the, the, the bar, you know, somebody please, right. Yeah. A, a warm body. Oh, a warm body that even knows what cybersecurity means. Yes, please yeah. hire. Give me a hundred of them. Right. Yeah. yeah and uh, and, and I, I still think that we need to be looking at this from a national perspective because these threats that are hitting us are coming from overseas and and our ability to to secure our our intellectual property this u.s intellectual property i i don't think that people really understand how critical that is yeah and and we see that what we see we can see how this trend is going you know it is going because we we we're hearing about the numbers of recruiting, right? The recruiting issues on the Department of Defense, right? And that is a phenomenal, you know, I was telling you know, folks at the beginning of the show that that is how I started my career. I got all my training for free and then I got practical job experience, you know, being in the military. When our job numbers are down, that means some proportion of those are technology, uh, cybersecurity people, you know, folks that, in four to six years would typically make their way into the job base and they will come in and they will, you know, have that kind of great experience in the background. 
when we don't have the hiring, then yeah, yeah. don't be surprised when the, these, you know, positions aren't being filled and, you know, be, because they're relying on somebody else, right? They're relying right. on the, maybe the military or maybe it's the other employer down the street to do this uplift from ground zero, right? To, Hey, just, let's just get them to the first level or second level, right? You, you have to make that investment because you have that work, right? You, 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 you can't have, you know, everybody in your, you know, company, you know, the, 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 the least amount of experience is five years because you're going to have a, but of a bunch of people that are unhappy because they're doing the job that they did five years ago. Right. right? I, I'm, I'm experienced, right. There's supposed to be somebody behind me doing yes. that stuff because I'm supposed to be on my way up and I'm, I'm kind of being held here at this level because I can't move on because you're not backfilling. And, and now, right. And not only am I not getting, you know, that exposure to maybe, you know, more, more, uh, you know, uh, off a different kind of opportunities across the, the cybersecurity spectrum, but I'm also now being, uh, denied maybe some of my team lead and and that's going to lead me down that management path which of course we need good managers and so you know it's just this cycle is just it's it's ridiculous and nobody should be surprised that uh that that what we're doing now is not producing what we need and yeah, jeff the, the the other thing um sorry to break him but but no. you you brought up something that just kind of um one of the other reasons why I'm confused why we're having so many difficulties bringing young people in is that think about the turnover at, at, in the SOC analyst position. There's huge turnover because that is a very, very demanding job. You're trying to, to juggle uh, a million different things. You have threats. You've got threat intel coming that, that's, uh, that's disparate and trying to, un trying to put all of this together. And you're working crazy hours, and sometimes, depending on what goes on, you have to work more hours. And that there is, there is, it is a, it's a rewarding job, but it's a stressful job. Yeah. And because of that, these companies are experiencing a lot of turnover in their socks. So that would be all the more reason to, to, to bring in a new bench, to bring yeah, in more people. Yeah, you need a pipeline when you got high turnover, right? Yes. Right? Yeah, and and, it, and you're absolutely right. That is demanding job because, you know, a lot of those security operations centers and those uh, monitored or managed security service providers, MSSPs, are running 24-7 yes. schedules, right? And so yes. it takes a lot of people to be able to kind of do that kind of a job. Um, but it also is what's, you know, driving demand and the opportunity there. And so... Yeah, there really shouldn't be that much of a problem for our entry-level folks to, you know, just get their foot in the door, right? And yeah, very disappointing. So um, let's hopefully hope that, you know, the tide turns and and, and things do change. Otherwise, the problem is going to go from bad to worse. And when we've got things like on the line, like you know, our nation state, uh, you know, health of our cybersecurity. Yeah. We, we, you know, we have to, we have to act, right. Act and act differently because the current way is just not doing it for us. Um, uh, any uh, closing thoughts, Freddie? 
No, I just, I just, I, I really feel bad for those of us who are senior in cybersecurity that we haven't done a better job at reaching out to folks like Tim and, and making ourselves more available and trying to help because people like Tim are going to go way beyond what we've done in cybersecurity. And this is how we evolve as an industry. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, Tim, any closing thoughts, any, any words uh, you want to share with your future employer when we come in tomorrow, I've got 70,000 uh, emails sitting there for you. Any filtering you want me to do any names of companies that haven't responded that we need to you know, just set to the side and deny them the right to somebody of high caliber like yourself. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. Well, I wanted to thank both of you for your kind words, your advice, this opportunity in general, and to anybody who's trying to get into the field. It's tough right now, especially with the layoffs, but just keep working, keep trying to build your network, keep making yourself better, giving yourself more knowledge so that hiring managers, when they do actually see you, they're like, well, I can't pass this opportunity up. Great. I appreciate that. All right. Uh, thank you, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure uh, having you on. Uh, absolutely uh, enjoyed the conversation. Uh, hopefully we can get this tide turning and uh, get it rising so we can lift him up uh, into a great position that he uh, clearly deserves. Yeah, thank, thank you uh, for that. All right. Uh, so I'd like to uh, certainly thank our show sponsors. We've got the CMMC Metacon coming up in November. Okay, the, this is the intersection of defense supply chain cybersecurity and the metaverse okay so talk about some new innovative kind of stuff so we got the cmmc metacon coming up that's going to focus on um this new department of defense cybersecurity maturity model certification and um and in the metaverse space right and then the cmmc training academy uh leader in the cmmc training space itself so uh thank you very much everyone have a lovely evening have a great night now you know you're feeling better